Hello everyone, hope you are doing good. In continuation with our series of doctrines under Indian constitution, today we will know about doctrine of eclipse and doctrine of severability. Let's see the application of certain principles of interpretation on article 13 of the constitution first. The article 13 clause 1 of the constitution talks about the pre-constitutional laws or the laws which were existing before the commencement of the constitution. Under clause 1 of article 13, all the laws in force in the territory of India immediately before the commencement of this constitution in so far as they are inconsistent with the provisions of this part shall to such inconsistency be void. Before we see the doctrines of interpretation of these laws, one should keep in mind the fact that the provisions of the constitution as related to the fundamental rights have no retrospective effects. Now, to come on doctrine of severability, Cooley in his book Constitutional Limitations clearly stated that this rule is a general rule of interpretation and is not peculiar to article 13. This doctrine saves from making the whole act inoperative in case if a few provisions are inconsistent with the fundamental rights. It severs the inconsistent part from the whole act and read it free of those parts as though they never existed. In RMDC versus Union of India, it was stated that when a statute is in part void, it will be enforced as regards the rest if that is severable from what is valid. In determining whether the valid parts of the statute are severable from the invalid parts, the intention of the legislature is the determining factor. In A.K. Gopalan versus State of Madras, the Supreme Court held that only the un unconstitutional provisions of the challenged act will be void according to the doctrine of severability. Therefore, Section 14 of the Preventive Detention Act was declared unconstitutional and void. The Section 14 was severed and every other section of the Preventive Detention Act 1950 remained constitutionally valid. In State of Bombay versus FN Balsara, eight sections of the Act were held ultra-virus on the basis of their being inconsistent of the fundamental rights. The court said the decision declaring some of the provisions of the act to be invalid does not affect the validity of the act as it remains. But what in a case where the invalid and the valid portions of the act are so intricately fabricated that on separating them the entire act becomes meaningless. That is the valid part cannot survive independently. In Kihoto Holohan versus Zashilhu and others, also popularly known as defection case, the Supreme Court declared that para 7 of the 10th schedule of Indian constitution through the 52nd Amendment Act 1985 as unconstitutional portion for violation the provision under Article 368 to it upheld the validity of the rest of the 10th schedule. In Minerva Mills 
and others versus Union of India, the Supreme Court struck down the Section 4 and 55 of the 42nd Amendment Act 1976 as it was found ultra-virus beyond the amending power of the Parliament. It declares the rest of the Act as valid. So now it is established that when certain provisions of the statute are found to transcend a constitutional limitation, but there are other provisions of the same statute which are intravirus, the legislature, the only the former provisions should be validated. This doctrine applies both to the clause 1 and clause 2 of article 13. Now uh, we come to the doctrine of eclipse. The pre-constitutional laws which showed repugnancy to the fundamental rights was severely hit by the Article 13.1. Initially, on being enacted, they were valid as there were no fundamental rights and so no question of its violation. But as soon as Part 3 came into existence, they became void if they were offended by the fundamental rights. Now, what if these fundamental rights are amended so as to make the Act valid again? Will these acts continue to work or have they become dead? This question arose in Bhikaji Narayan versus State of Madhya Pradesh. In this case, the Supreme Court observed that after the commencement of the constitution, the existing law, as a result of its being inconsistent with the provisions of Article 19.1g, read with the clause 6 as it then stood cannot be permitted to stand in the way of the exercise of that fundamental rights. Article 13.1 by reason of its language cannot be read as having obliterated the entire operation of the inconsistent law or having wiped it out altogether from the statute book. The true position is that the impugned law became as it were eclipsed for the time being by the fundamental right. This is the doctrine of eclipse. As said by Subarao in his book, the unconstitutional statute is regarded as having been eclipsed by the shadow cast by the constitutional prohibition. And once that shadow is removed, the act regains its vitality. Now the scope of this doctrine, does this doctrine of eclipse apply to post-constitutional laws? The answer to this was given in Deepchan versus State of MP, where it was said that the status of an unconstitutional statute does not depend upon whether the unconstitutionality stemmed from a want of legislative competency or from a constitutional prohibition. In either case, it is ab initio and is capable, incapable of being revived. So, this doctrine cannot be applied to the post-constitutional laws and consequently its scope has been narrowed down. Yet another question must be discussed here, which was uh, which had arisen in state of Gujarat versus Sri Ambika Mills. The question was whether a law which takes away or, or, or abridges the fundamental rights of the citizens under Article 19.1f would be void also for the non-citizens. 
Here the court stated that a pre-constitutional and a post-constitutional law which takes away or abridges the fundamental rights given under Article 19 are void to the extent of the inconsistency. In the case of the citizens whereas in the case of non-citizens it will remain operative as there is no violation of the fundamental rights. So friends we will continue this topic again in the next episode. Thank you. Hello everyone, today we will study about doctrines under the Indian constitution. Now what are these legal doctrines? A rule or principle of the law which is established through the repeated application of legal precedents is a legal doctrine. While interpreting certain laws and trying to confirm its meaning, keeping in view the aims and objectives of the law, and also making it compatible with the constitutional law, the judges lay down a method or a theory which sets the path to decipher its meaning, making it compatible for the like situations, if any, occur in future. These are adopted as precedents and are followed as such and come to be known as legal doctrines. It can be a theory, principle, set of rules or tests which are established through the precedents and are applied to the like cases. Now some important doctrines which are applied in interpreting the constitution of India have been discussed with by me here. Like uh, doctrine of, first we will take doctrine of judicial review. This doctrine has an American origin. That is in the case of Marbury versus Madison, where Justice Chief Justice John Marshall has established the sovereignty of the judicial power. The Indian Constitution itself contains express provisions for judicial review of legislation as to its conformity with the constitutional provisions. Article 13 of the Constitution clearly declares that the laws will be considered invalid if they are violative of fundamental rights. Chief Justice Kanya in A.K. Gopalan v. State observed the inclusion of Article 13.1 and 2 in the Constitution appears to be a matter of abundant caution even in their absence if any of the fundamental rights were infringed by any legal legislative enactment the court has always the power to declare the enactment to the extent it transgresses the limits invalid. Recently, the Supreme Court struck down Section 66A of the Information Technology Act 2000 relating to restrictions on online speech as unconstitutional on grounds of violating the freedom of speech guaranteed under Article 191A of the Constitution of India.